and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to our podcast. I think it's number 212. We have a great show tonight. Our special guest is author uh, Kate Montana, and her new book is all about something that is like the elephant in the room throughout our planet, and that is ego. The name of her book is The E-Word, Ego, Enlightenment, and Other Essentials. She's going to be on in a few minutes, uh, and it's a very interesting read, and it's all about how to kind of manage our ego in these ego-driven times and how to tap into uh, your I am presence, really, and it's a great message. So uh, excited to be getting Kate back on the show, and we'll be with her in just a few moments. So let's just uh, give a quick... uh, roll through what's going on and then we'll do the guys guys guide and then we'll do our special bring out our special guest. so here we are in new york city it's march 22nd normally in new york we think of you know uh saint patty's day is the end of winter but here we are we had a day today where the temperatures were very very cold very windy it was in like the got high in the low 30s and it felt like uh february it didn't feel like that we're heading towards april but that's the kind of topsy-turvy weather we've had all winter and it seems like every year the winters last longer and they start later so who knows what's going on with how the weather is managed or if it is managed but uh, that's what we've got right now and uh, it's not going to get really that warm or spring-like here for some time I think it's going to maybe pop up in the next couple of days or so the temperature but then it's going to go back down again so People in the city, I can tell, I can feel it. They got the tease when it was like 70 degrees a couple of weeks ago and everybody was running around and, you know, there was joggers with no shirts on and people on bicycles and people playing Frisbee in the park with their dog. And everybody's like, "Wee! it's spring, it's summer. No, it's not. It's New York City. So we had the big snowfall a week ago and now there's still snow all over, uh, all over Central Park and, uh, not so much in the streets, but on the sidewalks, there's piles of snow. They're not very pleasant looking right now because you have all that exhaust, but that's life in the big city. Um, what's happening in the guys' guys world? Well, we've got the usual since, uh, and we're going to be getting into talking about our new president, uh, Donald Trump, with Kate, because, uh, you know, the subject of ego and Trump go hand in hand. But uh, the latest is they're trying to push through the new Supreme Court guy, this guy, Neil Gorsuch. I've watched some of the hearings and uh, kind of putting him on the spot, asking him about things like torture and women's rights and gay rights and abortion. And, uh, and he's, he's pretty slippery. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Also, we have uh, Ivanka Trump now has an office in uh, I think in the West wing area of the white house. uh, And she's going to have security clearance, but she, has assured everybody that she will follow uh, all ethical uh, guidelines. My only problem with that is one of the ethical guidelines you would think would be nepotism. So anyhow, so she's in the white house. I don't know who voted for her, but um, she's taking more and more lead role with our country, which is if it's not, things aren't uh, volatile enough. uh, We'll see what happens. Then we have this back and forth, investigation into the Trump Russia supposed connection. And there have been a lot of meetings and all that between him and his people. And then something came out today about there was some surveillance on some of his people doing the during the transition. And 
No, they're two very, very separate issues. And uh, we don't, I think it's uh, the country. We need to be careful not to cloud the biggest issue, which is Russians impacting our election. And if, if they worked with the Trump team during the campaign, that would be a major, major issue. And that really is the issue. Things like leaks and surveillance, that's pretty much standard operating procedure with our government and the different agencies. But um, the uh, Republicans are trying to push that part of the equation. So we'll see what happens there. We also, I noticed uh, this uh, Republican commentator, Tommy Lahren, I think her name is, she got suspended from the blaze because as a constitutionalist, she said she had to be for uh, women having the right to choose. And that kind of goes against some conservative principles. So they, she was suspended from her network, Glenn Beck's network, the blaze, which is, you know, if it's all about freedom of speech and less government control and less control and letting people do their thing, I don't understand why this person had to get, uh, and I don't agree with a lot of her views, but, why she had to get suspended for this seems a little bit hypocritical. Uh, also, we've got the NCA basketball for men's basketball tournament going on. We're down to the uh, Sweet 16. My beloved Villanova Wildcats, my alma mater, we lost to Wisconsin last week. So I really, I don't even know that many of the uh, 16 teams left because it's like, you know, when your alma mater loses and they were, ranked number one it's like who cares at that point uh we also have uh the the world series the uh baseball world series of uh kind of between countries i, I i'm not i think it's called the world classic well actually the u.s believe it or not who invested baseball for the first time ever they're in the final game against puerto rico which is also part of the u.s but puerto rico has their own team so they're going to play tonight I'm curious as to uh, if they'll get a lot of viewership with that, what the numbers will be there. Um, I had mentioned to everybody that I've been on a, uh, I've gone through an Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic medical treatment um, for the last, I, I just finished three weeks. And uh, now I'm just taking uh, drops and uh, supplements in uh, pill and drop form and I'm going to get some results back. They did some blood work on me. And it's basically to uh, uh, re-detoxify my body. As most, I learned so much from this, but basically most adults who've been around and lived in urban areas, we, we accumulate, we, sometimes our systems, our lymphatic system, our digestion, our ability to discharge toxins slows down over time. And, uh, and our cells need to be kind of regenerated. Our blood needs to be cleaned. We have to kill all the pathogens. And Ayurvedic medicine addresses the cause versus the symptoms. I had a uh, what was called a sporadic growth on each of my kidneys about two and a half years ago, which was caught very, very early. And a uh, 98% chance I'll never have to deal with that again. However, nobody could tell me why it happened. And when you've had two robotic surgeries, you don't want to just wait around and say, oh, well, it happened again, if that happened to be the case. So I decided, let me get to the bottom of this. So I was uh, kind of networked by one of our guests on Guys Guys Radio, Dr. Amit Gaswami, and he introduced me to some folks at the New York uh, Center of Innovative Medicine. And I got my tests and my treatment there, and it's been fantastic. I feel great. 
and um, looking forward to getting my blood work back. But basically, you know, they clean you up internally and also with your cells, your blood, your systems, your organs, and also kind of that luminous egg, energetic egg that's around you. And they also deal with emotional and spiritual issues through some of the procedures. The last thing I had happened, I had done to me, and I mentioned most of the procedures last week was late last week. uh, I had the last thing they did was they actually, because one of the nerves that is uh, in my brain that is tied into my digestion was sluggish. And they say a lot of people of my age and who are in the urban areas have a slowdown in this, in this uh, nerve. So they shot a laser at my brain stem and uh, for about five to eight minutes. And that really cleared thing up, things up because I can tell you, I feel completely different now. I'm much clearer, number one, mentally. Uh, not that I wasn't before, but I feel like super clarity. And also um, my digestion, I don't sense my body digesting anymore. And before, every time I ate, I felt like I would get full, even though, you know, you're not really supposed to feel like you're full all the time. I know I like to eat, but now it seems like, and the food would maybe sit there, but now it's like my system seems to be kind of running on autopilot. So it's great. So I'm very thrilled about that. I'm going to be blogging about that. Speaking of which, the whole guys, guys movement is about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. So I, I've kind of built this quote unquote brand, if you will, where there's, I do a lot of things about relationships, have a lot of relationships and dating experts who come on the show. I have a lot of wellness people, a lot of new age people, a lot of spiritual teachers who come on the show and some entertainers and sports experts in between. I'm trying to, what I'm doing is not trying to, I'm bridging the gap between, you know, the relationships and wellness all in the, all through his lens of the guy's guy lens and one coming from a place of love and uh, trying to help create a world where men and women can be at their best. Everyone wins. So the name of the novel that started the whole thing is, as you know, the guy's guy's guide to love. You can pick it up on Amazon, any of the retailers. It's still in some of the bookstores. And that kind of was the jumping off point for uh, my blog at Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com on life, love and the pursuit of happiness. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on YouTube, mostly under Robert Manny author, and every podcast of Guys Guys Radio, as I mentioned, we're up to, I think, 212 tonight, Uh, we're on Blog Talk Radio, we're on iTunes, where I would ask you if you want to support the show, because I'm bootstrapping this whole thing, if you could subscribe, if you could rate the show, if you could review it, that would be huge on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. Um, very quickly, I do a quick segment every week called the guys, guys guide. And I talk a lot, a little bit about some of the blogs I've written or I'm writing about. And this one, I'm working on one that has to do with change and it's going to come out probably this Friday. And basically, uh, you know, this change that was self-inflicted, there's change that comes from other places. There's tough change to take, but really if you live in the present, change comes easily. And in today's world, in today's society, particularly Western culture, we have to be in a position where we can change. Look at the technology we have. It's getting faster and faster, and it's going to keep getting faster and faster yet. I mean, we didn't have the ubiquitous use of uh, our handheld devices all the time. Even as, you know, 15 years ago, we didn't have that. Now, this is how people communicate. It's, It's not the way the boomers grew up but this is the way it is and it's not going to change. Um, so we have to be in a position as people to just be able to make change when change comes up. 
And it could be change that we want to make or change that comes upon us. But again, if you're in the present, you can handle change. So live in the present. So a couple of steps when things happen that we need to make changes. I'll give you an example. My son, he's three years old. He goes to a uh, school. All of a sudden, we got a note. It's March. They have to close the school at the end of the month. And all the parents are scrambling around because they have kids in these, uh, you know, this kind of quote unquote pre this pre-K program. And what are we going to do for the next three months? It throws. Well, I have one one group of parents I know. They have like three kids in this program. What are they going to do? We have to be ready to change. So what the first step is to really to take. Don't panic. Take a breath. Change is just part of life. And as Kate will tell us, if you're in the I am presence, change becomes easier. You need to also take stock of the situation, take a step back, look at it, and then kind of compartmentalize what all the issues are and break it down to the most simplistic way you can break it down. What is really the issue? For example, with my son, it's like, where, where can we get my son? How are we going to get coverage for my son? So there's really three options. Have him home. Uh, there's another school that's uh, willing to take uh, a lot of the kids on. Now, where my son goes, they speak Spanish in school. Where the other school is, where a lot of the parents want to take the kid, their kids, they speak French. So April, May, and June, you're going to move a bunch of kids who are speaking Spanish into speaking French at three years old. A little bit of a sticker shock there, but could it work? And the other issue is continuity with the kids. Can we keep the kids together? So maybe they can all go there. Or... We can work out some deal, continue to use the space where, where, uh, where the kids are right now and work out some deal with the facility. And I don't want to get into details on that. But the po- point is, you got to take stock of a situation when change is facing you and you know you have to make changes. You have to then compartmental, simplify and compartmentalize the issues. You have to let go of your ego and the past and just say, okay, this is what's in front of me right now. You have to look for the lesson. What am I learning from this? What is this trying to teach me? And again, look at all the alternatives you have. Be appreciative for whatever lesson there is, even if you may not be able to process the lesson until after it's over. And then when you have all those pieces in place and you can weigh them and look at all the options, at that point, you take action and then you move forward. That's what change is all about. Change is a good thing and it's a constant. It's not going to go away. I'm one of those people who has had problems in the past letting go, but I learned my lesson and uh, now I just roll. I roll. When we got to change, we got to change. And that's how I do it. And I'm going to be blogging about it. So I hope you enjoy it. So that's our guys, guys guide for the week. So let's get on to a bringing out our special guest, Kate Montana. She's got a master's degree in humanistic psychology. She's the author of a number of books, including unearthing Venus and the co-author of the heart of the matter. She's a journalist, a screenwriter, and also an intrepid explorer of inner space. She lives in the Pacific Northwest. Again, the name of her book uh, is the E word, ego, enlightenment, and other essentials. So let me bring her on right now. Kate Montana, welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Robert, it's really great to be back on the show. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for uh, gracing us uh, with your presence. I really had fun reading the book, and uh, so many questions I have. Um, I kind of ran out of paper. I wrote so many down, but... Uh, <laughs> Tell us, let's start out with, if it's okay with you, you know, uh, what, how do you define ego and why is ego such an issue in our culture right now? The ego is really quite simple. We don't have to get into psychology and read a ton of books or go to school and learn about it. Mm-hmm. It's simply our sense of self. It's that 
boundaries, you know, you look at your hands and you, you sense you've got a head, you've got a skin boundary between you and the rest of the world and other people, that's the sense of self. That's the sense of boundaried ego. And then, of course, there's stories that go along with that. It's We're boys and we're girls and we have dogs and we don't have dogs. We have whiny dogs in the background. And, you know, it's our story about who we think we are. And so this is very simple. Unfortunately, what happens is the, the ego itself, this sense of personal space, it comes from birth onwards when we're little infants and we come into the world and it's like, oh, my God, it's this overwhelming tsunami of unconscious physical sensory information, 11,000, mm-hmm. 11 million, sorry, bits of sensory data a second come through our eyes, ears, nose, throat, skin, tongue, and tell us, oh, my God, I've got a body. But, of course, as little infants, we don't have words. It's just this onslaught of data. And it gives us two messages that are the unconscious underpinnings of who we believe we are for the rest of our lives. And the message is, of course, I am physical. And with that I am physical and I've got a skin boundary and a separation between me and you and the rest of the world is this inescapable message, I am separate. That's the foundation. That's the root of the entire ego is that belief, I am physical, I am separate. And by the time we're 12 months of age, what happens is in this pre-verbal place, you know, mommy and daddy play with us and say, oh, little Robert, Robert, Robert. And, you know, we don't know what that, that word is, but it's repeated often enough. And all of a sudden, somewhere around age 12 months, the baby brain goes, Robert. Mm-hmm. Ah, the brain hooks that sound up with this unconscious awareness. It, you know, wow, I'm me and mommy and daddy are outside me and the blanket and the bottle and food and my teddy bear is all outside of me. And all of a sudden the brain links that, that word, Robert, with this unconscious awareness that we are separate. And that is the coat hanger upon which our entire story about our personal self hinges. From then on, you know, we learn we're little boys and little girls and we're, we're Jewish or we're Amish or we're Muslim or we're Christian or we're atheist or whatever. We learn our socioeconomic status. We go to school. We learn our, our national culture, our history, et cetera, et cetera. And so our personal story builds. But what it builds upon is a really fragile structure that is based in sensory input that tells me I am physical and by God I'm separate. And the problem with that is, is it gives me the belief that I'm in the knowledge, the learned knowledge that I'm also vulnerable. I can be hurt. I can be damaged physically. I can be wounded emotionally, mentally. And so we become, you know, we start guarding that space we call self. We start protecting our story, standing up for our story, guarding our story as if our lives Mm -hmm. depended on it because it's the only life we know. So, Boy, that may be a long-winded, no, long-winded that's, background, please, but that's, that's my take on the ego. And, so and that's it, what gets us into so many problems. So, But it does have some, um, there's some benefits. There's a purpose for the ego. Without the ego, we would not really need the human form and we, because that, you know, we are separated as, you know, because we're different. We're spirits in a human, encased in the human form for our, you know, our ride around this lifetime. But so... Without the ego, uh, it would be kind of a difficult um, existence. So the ego does have some sense of grounding for us. But I guess what you're saying is 
what, where it where we get in trouble with it is the sense of separation that comes on at such an early age that there's so much separateness that we are moving away from the whole idea of where mankind should be is more oneness. And instead mm-hmm. we have more separation. Is that mm-hmm. true? And therefore, yeah. And therefore fear and wars and walls and weapons and all of those things. Oh, absolutely. You've got it in one, Robert. The illusion of separation is the whole problem. If we didn't have the sense of self and this, the ego is also a tool. It's the structure of consciousness, and mm-hmm. it's what enables us to function. If, if we didn't have a separate structure and boundaries and sense of personal identity, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. There'd be no listeners. There would be no planet. You know, well, maybe there'd be a planet Earth, but human beings wouldn't be walking on it. And we wouldn't be having this amazing experience of appearing apparently in physical form. So, yeah, the ego... You know, it gets a bad rap, especially in a lot of spiritual arenas where we want to kill it, dissolve it, trap it, bury it, get rid of it. And the, the trick is not to get rid of the ego. And, and, you know, I could get into a conversation about why it's actually impossible to get rid of the ego and dissolve it anyway while you're still it. The point, <laughs> the point really is, is to get a handle on what it is, mm-hmm. what it isn't, and the illusion it gives us that gets us into trouble that we are these separate entities that need self-protection and guarding that's the illusion that we have to become aware of and be able to step away from into a greater perception of our actual overall inclusivity which of course mystics have been talking about the essential unity of life and of mankind for thousands of years and of course quantum physics in the last 120 years has stepped up to bat and, and told us the exact same thing so, so, yeah, it's the illusion of separation that's the problem. Now, why do you think, Kate, like in today, it seems like today more than ever, and we'll get into the whole Trump issue uh, as part of this, but it seems like that notion of separation, uh, ego-driven separation, and uh, identity, some type of identity creation, and the polarization mm-hmm. between the us and them, it's mm-hmm. so, it's so uh, stringent now uh, where, you know, let, let's, let, why do you think that's happening right now? Or is it my imagination? It seems like in my lifetime, I've never seen ego as out of control as it is right now. And I always feel like we get kind of the government that we deserve and we get the president that we deserve. And it's a pendulum that kind of swings back and forth. And now we've got something that's very extreme. And to me, this is, this is being driven by ego and separation. Yeah, Absolutely. The reason why it's happening now is twofold. You know, of course, we've, we live in a, a tremendously, uh, oh, my God, the communication, instant communication, social media, news. We have an awareness of what's going on around us with other individuals and other nations with, uh, in a moment's notice. But it's more than just... The, it's just more than just being aware at a at a new social level of what's going on. We really are on a trajectory of human ego evolution. All of life is evolutionary. All of life is ongoing change and growth. And the the human individual ego and our species is you know on the same trajectory. And I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting question that you ask. Why now? What the hell's going on that we're at each other's throats all of a sudden in such a visible and vicious way? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think part of the reason is 
I talk about Maslow, Dr. Uh, Abraham Maslow, yep. who was a transpersonal psychologist in the 60s, 70s. And he was one of the very first psychologists to hit on the fact that there is a progression in human ego evolution. And it starts off at a physical level where the ego, the personal self, is completely immersed in survival issues. Uh, attaining enough water, food, shelter, and procreative outlets. And then there's a second stage of ego development where it's all about securing yep. those those fundamentals. Then we begin to get into something, a level called belonging needs, where the ego has enough of the physical stuff taken care of that now we yearn for family. We learn for, yearn for love, connection, family, uh, connection with a church community, with a greater community. So we want to belong. After that third level need is accomplished, and I think a lot of those those first three levels have been really most of what mankind has been on our our growth path for the last, I don't know, 10,000 years through those first three levels. And now we finally find ourselves at what Maslow called the fourth level, which is the ego operation at the self-esteem level. All of a sudden, you know, we've got everything we need physically to take care of ourselves. We're safe. We're secure. We belong. Now, by damn, we want to really shine. We want to stand out from the crowd. We want to be somebody. We think we're these egos. We think we're these bodies. And, okay, well, let's, let's prove it to everybody else that we're the best. And so the fourth level of ego evolution becomes all about attaining, attaining wealth, attaining power, attaining fame. So take a look at our society. It's all about yep. who has the biggest McMansion, who has the better yacht, who, you know, has more rebounds scored, you know, on the basketball court. And yay, Villanova. I've spent a lot of time um, with my old <laughs> sports career in TV on the Villanova court. So, and But it's, it's all about those things. How do I shine and stand out above everybody else and put everybody else down? Because we're still dealing from this very immature, immature place of thinking we're these isolated standalone units by God, you know, encased in a skin suit that can be wounded and damaged, and it's very vulnerable. We live in this illusion of an unconscious belief in our separation and therefore vulnerability. So the unconscious drive of the ego all the way through these first four levels of evolution is about securing the self and the sense of self, and feeling good about the self. And what's really bizarre, Robert, is that ultimately if we really wanted to get into trans, talk about transcendence and enlightenment and things like that, is once the transcendent state of consciousness has revealed itself through you, and I'm very careful to word it that way, not that mm -hmm. I attain enlightenment because there's no such thing as being able to attain exactly. enlightenment, yeah, once we once that happens, you, you look back on the rest of it, and it's a total, complete illusion. It's a story in our heads. But until that moment in time, it's a by God important story because it's my story, and I want to live it the best I possibly can. So, you know, enlightenment is kind of like, well, let's not even go there because it's a waste of time. What's really important here now is here now, and how do we... How do we survive our ego immaturity in an age of technology where we basically have one of the most narcissistic, wildly insecure, desperately afraid, boundaried, limited human egos on the planet with his 
finger, you know, a hand, minutes, a second away from the nuclear codes. Right. That's, that's frightening. So, you know, we live at a time where we've got to begin to, we've got to grow up and understand who we really are, what the ego is, so we can manage it without it managing us right to the level of extinction. So what do you think, what do we need to do as a culture to get to that fifth level? If we're at the fourth level and it's about, it's about you know, greed and accumulating things, the fifth, what is the fifth load, uh, level for our audience? And also, how do we, how do, how do we get there? What Absolutely. do we need to do? The, the fifth level is really kind of blends with the fourth level. The fifth level is all about personal self-expression. And it transcends the other levels in that at the fifth level, it's just about I want to express who I feel I am in my soul, in my very, very being. And at that point, I'm not concerned with what others think about me, how much money I have or I don't have. It's not about power over other people. It's purely about creation, my own personal self-expression. So it's still a very ego-bound, limited um, in its own way, uh, expression. Now, Abraham Maslow believed that the fifth level, which is called the, um, oh my God, it just ran out my brain, <laughs> self-actualized level, self-actualization was the highest pinnacle of human expression. He believed that up until about 10 years before he died. And then he began to understand that there was a a sixth mm-hmm. level of human expression called the transpersonal level where we begin to lose our exclusivity and begin to erase the boundaries of the personal self and begin to recognize the truth that we really are all one that you know what quantum physics has been telling us that there is no such thing as a boundary between my skin and the and the air around me or between me and you it's quantum waves of of energy and information, that there are no borders and boundaries. What I do to the earth, I do do to myself. My brother and I are literally one. My father and I are one. And so now we begin to move into that more diffused, inclusive state of mind. Now, a perfect example of this is what we see on the global stage right now. As I mentioned earlier, Donald Trump reveals... Mm -hmm inescapably this lower boundary, less evolved, not lower, less evolved, uh, less grown up ego, Bernie Sanders on the flip side. He is the opposite of that exclusivity boundary guarded self. He's just, yeah, he's this expansive, inclusive being who has recognized we all bleed the same color. We all yearn and hope for and fear the same things. Our stories are different in their own individual colors and hues, but we are all really the same. So a Bernie Sanders is, is, an, is an ego that has transcended this whole me, 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 self, self, self through those first five levels and has come into the transpersonal stage where it is about assisting and lifting up one's brothers and sisters because they really are part of me. It's an amazing journey, and we're we're hot on it. We, we really are, Robert, and we're just in this kind of scary. Boy, we got to get our you know what together. <laughs> uh, let me ask and, you a couple. Of... To... Go ahead. No, please. No, no, no. Well, I was uh, going to say you asked me. You know, you asked me briefly. What do we do? The first step mm-hmm. is to start understanding what the structure of the ego is. We have to start understanding why we're at each other's throats what's keeping us at each other's throats and so divisive instead of moving into harmony. We have to get a handle on the ego, what it is, 
And underlying that are begin to grasp our spiritual nature. That's the first step. Okay. Do you think that there is a, a difference between, um, you know, th- th- for our outlook? You've got the boomers, and I think they're all about ego because I know somebody – I'm a boomer. I'm a late tail end of the boomers, but I know so many, particularly men, so many guys at my uh, in my age kind of bracket, and I see them, they're like driving 80 miles an hour heading towards a cliff, a lot of them. Yeah. And I think it's all, yeah. I think it's ego driven, whether it's lifestyle, how they define themselves with their money, their job, if they've got a girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, and their toys and they don't take care of themselves. Uh, if, if they do, it's like they're curious, but then they don't follow through and do stuff. And then they, it's, mm-hmm. you know, you can, it, it could be too late. Then you've got the GXers mm-hmm. and the millennials and the millennials were very pro Bernie. So I'm wondering, do you see, do you think there's a difference Consciousness-wise, between the uh, you know our kind of artificially defined generations here in the states, absolutely. If, especially if we look at life as a as an evolutionary trajectory, if if we're not going backwards, that's for sure. So yes, I, I look at the millennials and their and their passion for Bernie. They may not be quote unquote religious. They may not be quote unquote spiritual. And all I can say to that is. Thank God, uh, you know they're beginning to get beyond. They're not. They're not interested in the stories so much, and mm-hmm. I find that incredibly refreshing. They're looking for something they can sink their teeth into that, by God, makes sense. And and that's what they're. That's what they're hungry for. I think that's what the world is hungry for at a very very profound level. Is enough with the stories about Jesus and, and salvation and Armageddon or whatever the story is. Enough is the, enough of believing that I'm just a spiritual person. You know, that's almost an oxymoron in our own mind. We right. are simply spirit expressing as the appearance of physicality. And, you know, and it is just a, an, a, an appearance, Robert. It's, we're not really physical at all. So to get a handle on this this illusion of physicality and the illusion of separation that comes with it, you know, I I think the younger generations are coming to it as a norm. This kind of like this un, you know, maybe they haven't studied it, but they're embodying it on a different level because Mm -hmm. we are life on an evolutionary journey. We are embodiment of life on an evolutionary journey. So it doesn't have to be necessarily an individual, um, I, I, I figured this out myself kind of thing. Life is figuring it out as life goes on. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. So let me ask you, let's go back to uh, our president for a minute here. I know your yeah. background, you a uh, uh, very uh, extensive and successful background in news. Just as I know this is a little bit off the menu, but what do you make of how, you know, the whole news media, they must be freaking out. Like, to me, they kind of created a monster, and now they don't know what to do. <laughs> I think a lot of that could be spread around on a lot of voters in the country as well. Mm-hmm. We're at a point, yeah, boy, I wish I had an answer for that, but I don't. And, and actually, that's probably a good thing. I think the fact that most of us don't have pat answers anymore, let alone the media, pat answers on, oh, my God, what do mm-hmm. we do now? It's like new ground. I, I Everybody's in uh, – it's, it's like we, they've never been there. The media has never been in this position. 
in you know yeah, the last 50 has. years, right? And maybe back to McCarthyism yep. or something like that. But otherwise, the media is like, what the heck? They gave Donald Trump so much publicity, and all of a sudden, yeah. then he won, and now now he's turned on them, and they're like, like I'm thinking, I keep thinking CNN specifically, like what, what, what? They don't know what to do. They really don't. Yeah, yeah, and. And, and, it, and it's this twix between porn, well, we want to keep ratings up so that we can pay our shareholders. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and so, therefore, we're going to uh, strive to be palatable uh, to our mainstream audience, we think. And at the same time, how many, how many months can go by when we don't call a lie a lie, when we call it prevarication or right. whatever we call it? And so I think we're wrestling with profound truths in our ability to pony up and have the guts to talk about in blunt terms and call the say, hey, the emperor wears no clothes. Enough of the obfuscation and the prancing around trying to be politically correct. Enough of trying to satiate the shareholders. Yeah, I, I think until we get to that bottom line where we finally go, enough. It's not about the bottom line. It's about common sense and the survival and evolution of humanity. You know, mm-hmm. when does, well, that's the bottom line. Screw yeah. the monetary bottom line if that's the alternative. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, the, with the thing with Trump, I always try to look at issues. I always try to step into the other person's shoes and look at it. Like, I imagine, like, what if I was a Trump supporter? How would I look at this? Mm-hmm. And then I look at, like, okay, what is this guy? Is this guy doing anything good? And I think what the real conundrum is, I think the... Uh, we needed somebody to shake things up. I think Bernie was the guy to shake things up. But now we've got a different type of disruptor. And what he wants to do is kind of dismantle everything. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that, I'm not saying that's totally a bad thing. But what he's doing, the, a lot of the policies he's putting in are not true to what he promised his constituents. And also, mm-hmm. there's a lot of immediate negative effects to you know, poor people, old people, minorities, uh, and he's giving, you know, big breaks to all the big businesses and the environment's going to suffer. It's mm-hmm. this how I mean, what in your sense, going through the ego filter, how what can we do to deal with this? Because, you know, I, I, tr- I always try to find the good in something like, OK, the, the guy wants to kind of crack down on lobbyists. I like that. That's a good mm-hmm. idea. We never yeah. hear anything about it. That's a good thing. Yeah. He wants to disrupt a lot of the things that were in place, and maybe we were getting too mm-hmm. globalist. But mm-hmm. how he's doing it is seems completely like off the wall. How mm-hmm. how is ego taken over the situation there, and what can be done about it? I I can't you know I can't say what Donald Trump is about because I I'm not Donald Trump. Thank God. I don't know what his overall agenda is. It would seem to be incredibly self-serving. It would seem to be, you know, he's lived in an ivory or maybe it's a golden tower most of his <laughs> life. So he has zero idea and empathy for people in other stratas and considers them actually dangerous losers and therefore not really worth paying attention to except to cultivate them for his own agenda and his own needs. That's my take. And and this is really 
a terrifying thing if you're a you know a, a lower middle class blue collar worker in in Wisconsin expecting to get your job back or or to have a pal in a sports cap you know at your side patting you on the back and supporting you through the hard times. Donald Trump is not going to be that entity, and I think this is a really kind of a scary come to Jesus point uh, for a lot of us where we're realizing that representative government really doesn't work anymore exactly. in the fact that it, it's, it's time for us to step up and represent ourselves because mm-hmm. we can be bamboozled, we can be lied to, we can be led by the nose and up the rosy path. The thing that we've got to hunker down and, and get our heads around is it's time for us to step up and learn who we are and not play in storyland anymore and not play these political games where anybody can manipulate. Oh, my God. I mean, how many millions of dollars do advertisers spend every year, you know, with neuroscientists trying to figure out how to manipulate people's brains Mm -hmm. with a particular message to buy a particular piece of clothing or electronic device? Or even in the the food products they make, even ingredients in foods. Exactly, and that goes along with our political candidates. Enough already. We have got to pull up our big girl and big boy pants and realize it's time for us to stand for human values, humane values, love, life, cooperation, community, the larger community of the earth, which if we trash it, what's going to be left? We've got to have some common sense and begin to believe in ourselves and love ourselves and and that's really hard if you've been raised in a society that says you know god is out there and we're lowly worms and we're not worth anything and and we have no value and we're stupid and and we have to struggle to survive and that's always been trained mm-hmm. we've been trained in school in compartmentalization and in prejudice and separation so oh my god We've got to kind of take a deep breath, join hands, and go, wow, I may not know what the hell I'm doing, but let's try to figure this out in a better way and be more compassionate and loving with one another. Start at the grassroots level. You know, if you believe in the environment and you want to support the environment, get out there in your local hometown or your borough and, and do what you can to start a recycling program. You know, live our values. If it's, if it's women's rights, if it's, if it's gay rights, Begin to join hands and serve those larger purposes because that's the larger self. That's our beautiful spirit trying to shine through, and that's what's going to lead us home, not Donald Trump. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's talk about for the individual then, starting with the, yeah. within you, let's talk about some of the brass tacks that you have in there. And I, I really am glad that you mentioned the, how important love is because I think your book – uh, even though the word is not used often in your book, I think it's actually about love. And uh, a lot of love begins with, you know, oneness and I am and kind of self-love in the proper way. But could you kind of explain to us, uh, uh, to the audience, about w- the importance of some of the practical things we can do, meditation, how to get in touch with the and articulate uh, and embody the I am presence. Could you just get into that a little bit? Cause that's really what your book's about It's very practical in a lot of ways in terms of here's some exercises you can do. Yeah, it is a very practical, I wrote it to be a very practical book because bottom line, we have to learn who we really are, what the mm-hmm. ego is and how to manage it. The ego is not a bad thing. As we said earlier, it's a necessary structure. We just have to learn how to use it 
rather than being run by it. And self-love, you know, God, Robert, this is one of the reasons why self-improvement actually doesn't usually work is because we're trying to improve the ego, not our, you know, we're not learning to love and lean on our inner being. We're so busy in this world, we kind of like miss that I am presence. And, you know, one of the exercises I lead people through in the book is, you know, we don't have to meditate for a million years and we don't have to read the Bible and we don't have to do a whole lot of processes to get in touch with our deepest true self. All we have to do is just kind of step away from the stories. And one of the ways I do that is to lead people through an exercise. It's like I say, okay, write down everything you think you are and start that with mm-hmm. the words I am. For example, I am a human being. I am a woman. I am Kate Montana. I am a resident of Washington State. I am a Democrat. I am a writer, et cetera, et cetera. Now, there's an energy to every story. If I say I am a human being, that in itself is a story based in illusion, if we really want to, but it's this world of appearances. And I'm here and you're here, and so in that respect, it's not an illusion, but it has an energy signature to it. So you step yourself through everything, I am this, I am that, I'm the other thing, and then just say, I am, I am, and don't follow it with anything. And when we mm-hmm. just say those simple words, I am, there's a brief moment, a pause, emptiness, that is so full and empty, it has no it's true. to it. It's that brief moment before the mind kicks in and goes, well, that's stupid, you know, before... It's mm. that brief moment. <laughs> That's who we really are. That's talk. the I am presence. Talk to us a little bit and about then. Uh, go ahead. No, finish up. Go, no, go ahead. Um, the, uh, how uh, people can use uh, affirmations. Because uh, I, I just want to touch on a couple of the techniques that practices, let's call them practices, that people uh, nowadays are employing more and more. And a lot of them get frustrated. So, one of mm-hmm. them is with af- affirmations. And I mm-hmm. think also with the I am, you have to be careful. If you do put something after it, you don't want to, you have to be careful in how you use the word I am in your day-to-day conversation because you're kind of mm-hmm. cementing, you're putting a hook in something. If you say I am miserable, you know, you're, yes. you're, you know, you're, you're, you're creating that. So Absolutely. talk to us a little bit about um, affirmations and how they impact the, the, the words I am and how to, how to, how to, how to uh, put them into practice without them becoming rote. Cause I think that's what happens with a lot of people. They get frustrated because I'm like, I am a millionaire. I am, I, or I love, I love money. I love, and there's nothing wrong with that, but they, I think a mm-hmm. lot of people get like, they think they're running in place. Oh, absolutely. And they are running in place. <laughs> it's a very accurate <laughs> assessment. <laughs> The the trick of it is, and you're right, it is the minute you say, I am tired, I am abundant, whatever you're saying, it is a very potent statement that that puts it into the quantum field that does magnetize that reality to you. The trick of it is, Robert, is that essentially I am holds everything. Mm-hmm. I am is already love, is already abundant is already peace, is already knowing, and so is already inclusive. So for me to have to sit and say, oh, I am abundant, 
and I am uh, I am inclusive and I am humble and I am kind. We already are all of those things. So I'm not much of a fan of of affirmations for that very reason. Mm-hmm. I'm much more a fan of getting in touch with that quiet, peaceful place within that that holds everything that we declare. Because who is doing the declaring? Who's deciding what affirmation is important? The ego. The right. ego is trying to say, well, I want to be these things, which means the ego is trying to strengthen and glorify itself when the whole trick is we're already all of those things, which is why, you know, Zen and Advaita and so many different spiritual traditions about dissolving the boundaries of the ego is really where it's at, and that is really where it's at, because mm-hmm. the, the less we can strive for these things and just breathe deep and relax into our already abundant, glorious, loving nature, which is our bottom line. It's already us. You know, so we don't have to we don't have to mm-hmm. struggle and strive for it. <laughs> you know, it seems to me, Kate, and correct me if I'm wrong, that a lot of people, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that people people want to work with the law of attraction. People want to manifest. Mm-hmm. And I think getting some wins there I know it's ego driven, but I don't think that's a bad thing because I think people people deserve that. And I think that God wants to experience his or herself through us. And so if mm-hmm. you say, I want this experience, uh, God mm-hmm. is more than willing to work with us because we are God. And, you know, so we should be able to work, work with that. And it, to me, it becomes about uh, alignment. So. I know this this is not strictly exactly what the book's about, but in a way it is because it's about managing the ego so you can really live a better life. So talk to me, alignment is a lot more important than uh, what's been now kind of commonplace thinking about law of attraction and manifesting. People think more mm-hmm. about affirmations and wanting something, desiring instead of aligning themselves with the energy to bring those things into your life. Could you talk to our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, first off, there's nothing wrong with manifestation. There's nothing wrong with desiring anything because the very fact that we desire something means that it's something we are missing. We haven't had the experience and therefore it's great. Whatever it is, is the next step for us. So desire whether it's for a Maserati or for more time to meditate or enlightenment is what motivates us. So along the path, it's so funny that you said, you know, it, God is, is God is willing to work with us on these things. And I have to laugh and go, well, come on, Robert, God isn't at all willing to work with us because God is us. That's kind of what I meant, but you know, I didn't articulate yeah, it well. I, Oh, I well, that's the whole 64. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to articulate these things. It's so hard to talk about unity. I am God without saying profound things like I am God. Right. We come from this place of apparent separation. So we're reduced to a language that reflects nothing but separation. So, you know, of course we struggle with these things. What I've discovered with manifestation, the trick is, is to recognize that anything I want is fine. Well, preferably not, you know, wanting to kill somebody, but you know what I'm saying. So Mm -hmm. desire what you want, do what you can in your physical expression to set the stage to create that. If I want to become a writer, it might behoove me to take some writing courses. Mm -hmm. I need to write. I need to blog. I need to set myself up and gain the experience. So I can't just sit on my haunches and go, oh, I want to be a writer. Oh, please, God. 
So I have to do my part as a human being. And part of that is to set my intent in motion. Now then the rest is this exquisite and this is alignment, is to recognize that I, Kate Montana, am not the one doing the manifesting. And so that's a load off right there. You know, I am not responsible for that. I'm responsible for what I desire and having that feeling, that desire, and letting it into the quantum field and letting the quantum field deliver. That's being in alignment and trusting that it will be delivered because mm-hmm. it is me. But it's the me that's the all in all, not little Kate boundary Kate Montana with all her stories and worries and fears. And so how, that's how the can, alignment dance. <laughs> how, how can people then, and then I'll, I've got one more question after this and I'll let you go. Um, how can people uh, prevent themselves from being addicted to the outcome then? Because I think that's what happens, kind of to what you were think, just talking about. Absolutely. I think the only way that we can not become addicted, well, living in a human body is addictive. Everything's addictive. Our thoughts are addictive. Food's <laughs> addictive. Sex is addictive. Everything is freaking addictive. Life is addictive. So yeah. I, I think the trick is that you're not going to be able to dodge that bullet. <laughs> so just know that, and it's okay. You're going to go mm-hmm. through the stage where you really, really damn well want what it is and then you get frustrated that it doesn't show up and all that stuff. And, you know, if, one, if we keep doing that dance until we finally give it up and go, well, that's not helping. And we mm-hmm. finally come to the place of this, you know, I keep coming back to surrender into what already is, the state of who we really are, where all things really are granted even before we can know them and ask for them. Because I am, I am in the Got largest it. sense. There's nobody to cajole. There's nobody to bludgeon. There's just me to relax into the state of receiving and being this boundaryless, limitless being that I am. That's perfect. Perfect. Now, I was going to ask you as a last question what you want people to get out of the book, but I think you just articulated that. So why don't you uh, share with us, Kate, um, where people can find your book, where they can find you and learn more about all your great work. Sure. I wrote the book to give people exercises and practical information to learn who they really are, what the ego really is, and how to practices, how to move into this inclusive, boundaryless state called transpersonal awareness. They can go to my website, uh, katemontana.com. That is Kate with a C in Montana, just like the state. Uh, They can get to amazon.com and all the other different places where they can buy the book. Uh, Barnes and Noble from my website. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, listen, Kate, thank you so much for being on Guys Guys Radio. Uh, I really love the book. It's called The E Word Ego, Enlightenment, and Other Essentials. I recommend it to our listeners. Uh, pick it up and check out the rest of Kate's work on her website and uh, just keep track of her on social media. So, listen, thanks again for coming back to Guys Guys Radio. Keep us posted, and we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Robert, so much. All right. Be well. Okay, everybody. That's been our show. Our special guest again, Kate Montana. Her book is The E-Word, Ego Enlightenment and Other Essentials. We're going to be back next Wednesday on Guys Guys Radio. We have a relationship expert, May Vu. I was on her podcast about a month or so ago, so she's going to return the favor and be on my podcast, and she's a lot of fun, and I think it'll be a great show. So listen, everybody, I hope we got a lot out of what uh, Kate told us. And that we uh, work with ourselves and let God experience he or herself through us 
and not take things too seriously and not let our egos get out of hand. And listen, have a great week. And remember, and maybe this is kind of an ego kind of statement, but I'm going to say it anyhow because I always do. Remember that guys, guys, finish first. Good night, everybody.